seeing Pastor John up here drumming, he also plays the guitar and can sing. Is there anything he can't do? I mean, it's like I can never live up to that status. So good job, Pastor John. Thanks for coming and doing drums for us. I, I love Christmas. Uh, it is my favorite holiday of the year, just under Pastor Appreciation Day. I love getting to watch my kids open up presents. I love watching their reactions as they receive something maybe that they've been expecting or getting to watch my reaction as I opened up gifts and trying to figure out if I like it or not. Uh, I love the lights. I love the music. I've been listening to Christmas music way too long. In fact, I sing and hum Christmas songs all year round. You can ask anybody on staff. Uh, I have a traditional Christmas breakfast that I make that I, I love and all of my kids enjoy as well, which include caramel rolls and uh, crispy bacon and quiche and fresh fruit salad and orange juice. It was, it's, it's great. I don't know how many of you love uh, Christmas as well, just as much as I do, but Sometimes after opening up all the presents and there's dishes in the sink, there's wrapping paper all over the floor, having woken up way too early the, ne the previous day, we wake up on December 26th, perhaps having the post-Christmas blues. Sure, we have New Year's Day and New Year's Eve to look forward to, um, but let's be honest, sometimes for some of us, the day after Christmas can start to feel a little bit depressing. Maybe for some of us, the Christmas season marked a time of tragedy, and so it's hard to get past uh, the tragedy that you might have experienced to the celebration and joy of Christmas. Maybe some of you, your expectations did not get met for the holiday season. Maybe some of you were precluded from visiting friends or families or having friends and family visit you because of the recent COVID uh, outbreak that's, that seems to have increased. But whatever it is, whatever it was, Christ Mass, Christmas, is a celebration of Christ. And regardless of however we celebrated it, however we felt about it, it is a celebration. And for Mary and Joseph, the celebration continued. Their joy continued after their baby was born. And because their joy and their love was experienced, there was a response by them. There's a response from them. Maybe some of you who have had the opportunity of bearing a child or having a child yourself and getting to hold a newborn baby in your arms for the first time, looking into its eyes, staring into its face, or just smelling this newborn smell and getting to cuddle or snuggle and just hold and wanting to do everything you can to protect this child. You, you have this love, and in that love, you're wanting to express it. Maybe it's through kisses or snuggles or hugs. For Mary and Joseph, this wasn't any different. And because of their love, their excitement, and their joy has been fulfilled, there was a response. And there was so much more in store for them. For them, the surprises, joys, and happiness continued because they became more and more aware of just who their son was and who he is and what he was going to do. In fact, we read the birth narrative uh, during the Christmas season of Jesus. 
And today we read earlier in Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40, where we heard about Simeon and Anna. Maybe some of us had never heard the continuation of that Christmas story where Jesus was taken into the temple and both Simeon and Anna prophesied that this boy Jesus was going to bring about the redemption to Jerusalem. Imagine how... Joseph and Mary must have been feeling with all of these new things, all these new experiences, all these new encounters as they continued as their son was just an infant. The blessings kept coming. Having a baby sometimes is is just usually enough to keep the celebration going in and on itself. I don't know about any, uh, I don't know about them, but sometimes for me, I don't want the party to end. I want the celebration to continue. I don't ever want it to stop, right? I want it to be like a West Coast party because the West Coast party don't stop, right, man? If anybody of you know that reference, I'm sorry. It's from a song. Maybe you're as big of a sinner as I am. Okay. But we don't want the party to stop. We want the party to continue. We love the celebration. And it's like, oh, we just want this day or this experience to continue day after day after day. Maybe for some of you, it was a special vacation that you had. Maybe it was some exotic location that you got to travel to. Maybe it was just a simple gesture, a moment that you encountered with a loved one that was so profound that you just wanted that experience to continue. Maybe it was a party. Maybe it was a celebration of sorts. Maybe it was a birthday that you had long ago. But we wanted that experience to last forever. We didn't want it to end. And maybe if you have experienced that joy and that excitement during this holiday season. For me, when I got back from my deployment a couple of months ago, Carrie and I got to go off on an adventure together for four nights, and it was so wonderful. And although I love my kids, right, I love all my kids, I always tell them mom is number one, and I'm always going to choose her over you no matter what. Right? The kids need to know that mom's number one in my life. But I love my kids, and I love my wife more. And so we went off. We went off on an adventure, and it was great. Carrie and I, we got to sleep in however long we wanted. We got to go to bed whenever we wanted. We got to go eat whatever we wanted. We got to go on walks. We got to experience so many wonderful things, building forts on our bed. You know, whatever we wanted to do, it was great. It was wonderful, and it was relaxing. And although we missed our children and we desperately wanted to get back to them because we missed all of them, it was like we didn't want this this time of connection to end. It was so wonderful for us. And we're thankful for the families who always seem to help us out. And for next week as well, thank you again uh, for stepping up to help watch our kids so that Carrie and I can go off and celebrate our 20-year anniversary this week. So we're excited. I actually get to be around for our anniversary. (laughs) Thanks for putting up with me for so long. But the day after Christmas, December 26th, maybe the 27th, can sometimes feel like getting back to reality. Sometimes getting back to reality. The reality that the celebration is over. The expectations, the things that we had been looking forward to, all the preparation of the meals, the visitations, the cleaning the house, all the things to prepare for are now over. The things that we've been preparing for since Thanksgiving, unless you're B98, they've been getting ready for this since the day after Halloween, playing Christmas songs. 
But who still has wrapping paper on the floor still? Come on, it's okay. Who still has wrapping paper on the floor? Who still has dirty dishes in the sink? It's okay. I'm surprised that so many of you showed up in normal clothes. I thought for sure we'd see a bunch of pajamas. In fact, next year, Christmas falls on a Sunday. And so if you think that you're going to come to Christmas Eve service Saturday night, and that counts for your church experience for the weekend, no, you get to show up on Sunday. And if you want to show up in pajamas, that's totally fine. And what's even better is that in 2023, you get to come to church in the morning and come to Christmas Eve service at night. We're going to do like five services that Sunday. It's going to wear us out, but it's going to be great. But if we think about Christmas as the beginning of our celebration rather than the end of our celebration, I think it would far, it would fare better for us. It would far better for us. In the church calendar, uh, we have this celebration called Epiphany. And some of you have heard this word Epiphany before, but it's a revelation, it's a realization of something, right? And in Epiphany, we celebrate 12 days after Christmas when the wise men came to give baby Jesus his gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Most likely this happened two years to three years after he was born, and we find that in Matthew chapter 2. But how appropriate is it going to be that now that the children's program is having to move to Epiphany Sunday, that this is in fact maybe providential, that we get to have this children's program on Epiphany Sunday. Some of you have heard the 12 days of Christmas, right? It's, it's 12 days of celebration until we have the time of the Magi. This helps us to remember the story of Jesus Christ. And, and here's a metaphor that I think might fit. When we start packing up our decorations next week, next March, whenever you get around to it, right? Whenever we start packing away the tree, the lights, and we put baby Jesus back in a box, are we, are we really putting Jesus away for good until next year? Are we putting Jesus away from our lives until next year just to pull baby Jesus back out and remember that he's alive still? I don't know how many of you have seen the movie Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby, and if you don't want to raise your hand because you're too embarrassed that you have seen this movie, but I can tell by your smiles that some of you have seen this ridiculous movie, and I do not recommend you watching it. But there is a scene in this There is a scene in this movie where Ricky Bobby, a NASCAR racing driver, is praying. He's like, you know, dear baby Jesus, you know, and he's going on and on referring to Jesus as baby Jesus. And and then his wife gets upset. She cuts him off. She's like, hey, Ricky Bobby, you know, Jesus didn't say baby Jesus. You know, he grew up. He had a beard. You know, he was a man. And he's like, hey, I like praying to the baby Christmas Jesus. That's the, that's the Jesus that I like to pray to. And so whenever it's your turn to pray, you can pray to adult Jesus, teenager Jesus, whoever. And although it's comical and quite sacrilegious, I think it is a truth that some of us sometimes have. That we have this time of Christmas celebration of, oh, admiring this nice baby in a manger, not bothering anybody. He's not asking us to do anything. It's nice, and we can just kind of admire this baby Jesus, and then we can just kind of box him away 
and just bring them out next year for our decorations. We underplay who Jesus is. We underplay the fact that the Messiah, God himself, has shown up onto this earth to live for us, to live among us, to show us the relationship we ought to have with God the Father. That this is the story, the great story, that God has included all of us in, and it starts on Christmas. It does not end on Christmas. December 26th is the second day of a much bigger story in which God includes in our lives. That he loved us so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. The story, Emmanuel, God with us, shows up to be a human, to experience the growing up years, maturing into adulthood, carrying out his ministry as an example for all of us to follow, should give us great encouragement that God would humble himself, entering into this world as an infant, being dedicated in the temple, having to escape being killed by King Herod, to gathering his disciples, being rejected by all in order to die on a cross for the forgiveness of sins. This is some pretty good news. And this is why we sing good tidings and joy during the Christmas season. God showed up and he stayed around and he lives forever. He grew up and Jesus is alive today. And in light of this great love that God has for us, It required a response. In light of his great love for us, it required a response. It demanded a response. He has demonstrated this love to us that he showed up. God himself showed up into this world. And when we experience love, it requires, in fact, it demands a response. And so it brings us to the main text for this morning. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. You've already been preaching for like 10 minutes, and you're getting to the main text now. How long is the sermon going to be? Well, there was only one service today, so I thought I could go at least an hour. No problem. I'm halfway done, don't worry. Okay? It's from 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 16. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. This is love. This is this is how we know that we live in him and him in us. He has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whenever, whenever, whoever lives in love lives in God, in God and them. The thing about love is that it requires a response. It can't be bound up. 
its tendency is towards action. When we love, we want to respond out of that love. Have you ever loved anyone before? Have you ever felt loved before? Just think about when is the first time you remember experiencing the feeling of love? Maybe it was from a hug, a kiss, someone just wrapping their arm around you, comforting you. Maybe it was just snuggling up and feeling secure in someone's arms. Whatever it was, your desire and the feelings that brought about this love in your life required, in fact, demanded a response. You couldn't keep it in. So maybe it was responding with a kiss yourself, a hug. Maybe it was with goosebumps. Whatever it was, when we experience love, we want to demonstrate it through action. And this is what God did for all of us. Through his great love for us, he demonstrated through action. This is how it's going to be. I love you so much that I'm going to respond through me showing up. Through our love for one another, it is a response. It is an action that we will choose to continue to love even when we don't feel like loving because we know the truth that God has loved us first. So we worship and we praise him in excitement continuously because Christmas is the beginning of the great unfolding of a story in which God includes us in. That he demonstrated his love to us, that he extended that love to us, and now we extend that love to this world who so desperately needs love. On the third week of Advent, you thought I was going to say on the third day of Christmas. Who thought I was going to say the third day of Christmas? Raise your hand. All right. On the third day of Advent, Pastor John preached on joy. Last week, he preached on love. And last night, he talked about how there's a, there's a distinction between uh, this love that we have for Santa Claus or Jesus that, you know, that we have to be good enough to receive a gift, right? And that's the that's the Santa Claus Christmas. And he says, but the love that God has for us is demonstrated through Christ, right? That there isn't anything that we can do more or less that is, going to God, that is going to cause God to love us any less or any more. That we'll never be worthy enough, but that God's love is enough. Our world around us, especially in our country, in our neighborhoods, our schools, our workplaces, in our relationships with extended friends and families. Many people are not feeling a lot of love these days. A lot of people are feeling a lot of hate and frustration and anger towards one another. And we as Christians, I think, need to do a better job, including myself, of extending that love that God has given to us so that we can love those around us better. But... Or rather, since Christ lives in us, we live according to the Holy Spirit in our lives who directs us, who causes us to love, even when we don't necessarily feel like loving other people. That God sent his Spirit into our lives as a demonstration of his love for us, and it is revealed that Christ lives in us because the Holy Spirit lives and dwells in us, and it causes us to love others. Even sometimes when we don't feel like being loving or gracious, we rely on the truth, which we found in 1 John chapter 4, that God's love lives in us. I love my kids. I love you guys. I love my kids. I love them so much. 
And I tell them that I love them so much. And I tell them often, there's nothing you can do that can ever stop me loving you any less. I I just, there's nothing. I will always love you no matter what. And my kids, they always ask me, well, dad, who's your favorite? We know you have a favorite. Isn't it, it's Kai or it's Jaina, it's Haven, it's Joa. Isn't it Hannah? I bet it's, I bet it's, uh, I bet it's Javea. I think it's Kaylin. Who's your favorite? And they can't understand that I love every single one of them equally. Does any parent ever get that from their kids? Yeah, who's your favorite? We know you've got a favorite. I don't have a favorite. I don't have a favorite. But my kids can't understand this. And I tell them all the time, I will love you no matter what. No matter what. And there's nothing that they can do that will separate my love from them. And it's so hard for them to comprehend. It's incomprehensible that love that I have for them, not until they have children of their own, may they maybe not, never understand that depth of love. And unfortunately, this is sometimes how we think about the love that God has for us. Or rather, sometimes the love that God doesn't have for us that we feel that we have to do things in order to earn his love. That we don't believe that God loves us as much as maybe he loves this other person who looks like they sin less than us. That God would accept me just as much as he accepts somebody else. That we get this distorted understanding of this love from God. When I think about my love for my children, it helps me understand that this love that God has for me is the same way that I can't earn it. I don't deserve it. And yet he gives it to me as a gracious gift. And he gives it to all of us as a gracious gift as well. So this morning, December 26th, the day after Christmas, how will you keep the party and the celebration going? How will you keep the celebration and partying going all year, celebrating this love that God has demonstrated for us? How will we extend that to our coworkers? Those that we attend to school, those who are living next door, those who are across the street, those whom we encounter at Dillon's or Walmart or wherever you might go shopping. How will we extend that love to them? And in view of God's great love for us, he has demonstrated his mercy to us that he showed up with care, compassion, training, equipping, and remaining And since God has demonstrated that love to us, now we demonstrate it to this world in verse 11 and 12. It says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. And the proof that the demonstrating love is that God is in our lives. That this love that we have is proof that God lives in us. Why? Because in verse 13 it says that the Spirit lives in us and it testifies that God is in us as well. So even though we don't feel like loving or being compassionate or extending grace to others, the Spirit allows us and gives us the power to do that. And when I don't feel like being compassionate or gracious or loving to people that I encounter sometimes, yes, it does happen, It's because I'm relying on myself and not the Holy Spirit living inside of me. But we demonstrate this love to others because first God demonstrated it to us. We can love others more perfectly because God's perfect love resides in us. So we respond. 
We have this love that has been given to us, and it requires a response. We have an action that we want to give in response to this love, and so how will we continue to demonstrate that throughout our lives? So let's keep the party going. Let's keep that love going throughout this year, and let's not put baby Jesus back in a box in real life. In our hearts, let us continue to have Jesus as an everyday part of our lives now and forever. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for showing us and demonstrating your love to us. That we can have a right relationship with you because you have given us that life and that love first. God, thank you for carrying us, carrying us through difficult times. Thank you that we get to celebrate Christmas. Thank you to all those who are joining us here in person and those who are joining us uh, on the live stream. I ask a blessing over all of them, and let us continue this celebration, this party, uh, until next year. Amen.